Welcome to episode 138 of the Actual Astronomy Podcast. I'm Chris and joining me is Shane. We are amateur astronomers who love looking up at the night sky. And this podcast is for anyone else who likes going out under the stars. How was your week, Shane? Oh, it was nice. We we had some good weather here for the most part. We, we got some much needed rain, um, which was nice to see. But man, the smoke from forest fires is just taking like... We, we've had a lot of clear days and clear nights in terms of cloud cover, but the smoke is just, you know, it's rendering the skies useless for astronomical purposes. <laughs> how, how was your week? Yeah, just, yeah, same. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've, we've had a uh, couple storms actually come through uh, where I'm at, uh, which is which is my reasonably dark site, I guess is the best way, of, way to put it. Um, you know, about an hour outside of the city. And uh, last night was good, actually. I was I was out with binoculars for a couple hours. Oh, nice. Um, just still kind of, yeah. Yeah, just still kind of scouting out the the spot. Um, yeah, I was chatting to uh, to somebody nearby that, that I know um, and, uh, you know, talking about maybe potential observatories and that kind of stuff. So oh, wow. I started to go in that, that direction uh, anyway. So did you get any observing in at all or...? No, um, I'm trying to think last weekend, I did a little bit of solar observing again, excuse me, but in the evening, it's really just been a little bit of naked eye, uh, observing when I take the dog out, uh, before bed and you know, the, the moon has looked kind of neat. It's, it's yellowy orange because of the smoke, but, but, uh, no optical aid for me this week. Yeah. Well, a week ago out here, um, which was going to be sort of the last last time I could have got any sort of dark sky observing in it. I was completely smoked out. Like it was, yeah. it was so thick. The sun disappeared um, about an hour before sunset. Um, but, uh, but yeah, last uh, then for last. And then last night, um, not, not that much smoke around, around where I am anyway. I think I'm in just a slightly different weather system than, uh, than where you are. There's a truck going by on my gravel road here, so you might hear that people people dragging away trees. So I'm, I'm I told Phil Phil had asked if I was going to record any sessions from out here, and I said no. Now here I am recording from out here because of uh, lack of recording our opportunities. So people should know I'm I'm using my my data, and, and I'm uh, I'm on my cell phone plugged into my computers. So this is. Maybe not my my usual quality, but uh, yeah, last night I was out and uh, was looking at Jupiter and the Moon and Saturn just with my little seven by thirty fives, and then did a bit of a scan around. I you know I could see uh, Andromeda through them um, decently, considering that it was just one day past full moon. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm really hoping that that the smoke continues to clear. I think one reason why it's actually clearing, at least where I am, is that the uh, there was some of these storms had gone through and there's a bit of a system to the north and it's actually, I think, I believe it, fingers crossed, it's actually extinguished some of the fires. And I know we, we had evacuees uh, at our university and uh, I think, I think the majority of them have been able to return home actually. So that's, uh, you know, that that's even better than, than getting clear skies for astronomy, but uh, you know, it was, uh, was clearing up pretty good last night. So hopefully it continues uh, to do that. You know, that'd be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at firesmoke.ca. Um, it's a website that lists all of the forest fires, um, in North America, I think maybe even broader than that, but, um, and then it, 
you know, it shows the distribution of smoke and, and forecasts, uh, you know, smoke cover for the next, I think three or four days. And it just, you know, we get a couple little breaks, but I, I don't think we're out of it yet. And, uh, no, I don't think we're out of it. Yeah. It's going to be a little while. Unfortunately, there's so many fires in, uh, in Western Montana and then Western Alberta and going into BC that it's just really wreaking havoc. So hopefully they can get some rain and put some of those yeah. fires out. Yeah. And I'd actually heard like there's, there's a few factors with it. Uh, one is that still with um, COVID restrictions and protocols, see um, we have so many fires both here in Canada and the United States. Um, you know, Listeners may not realize this if you don't live in fire-prone areas, but there's a lot of sharing of resources cross-border. Um, it's difficult uh, to bring people across the border back and forth, even even in non-COVID times. And then with the current restrictions, of course, um, it's very difficult, you know, So because sometimes people might come across and fight on one side or the other, um, and, and they could be traveling back and forth um, relatively frequently, but but that's not possible yet. Um, and I think that's hindering things. And then as well, you know, one of the things, I'm not sure if, if you heard much about this, um, but, you know, uh, First Nation populations used to actually uh, control a lot of the underbrush in, uh, in the forest up until about the 60s. And, and that's actually one of the things that, that's being said is, is a leading driver of these uh, forest fires is that uh, because those controlled burns, which, uh, um, you know, the indigenous populations were doing uh, were, were sort of halted about 60 years ago, I guess um, that that underbrush has, has built up and of course is, is providing uh, fuel to, to these fires um, during these dry periods. Hmm, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was a bit on the CBC this week anyway, uh, sort of a bit of an aside there, but uh, did you buy any gear or anything like that? Well, no, not really. Um, so gee, this would be a while ago. I was talking about a fork in the road with my bino viewer desire that I was potentially buying oh, yeah. a used one or, or debating about a new one. Um, so I made a decision to go with the newer one, which is the, uh, the Bader Max Bright two is the one that I want. So I ordered that at the end of May and I was told that Bader thought they would probably have some new ones in stock by July, but you know, we're almost at the end of July and I, I don't have a binocular viewer yet. So I'm, I'm really not sure when I'll receive it. Um, just like pretty much all astronomical gear, like the supply chain is just, uh, not able to keep up with you know, not, not, not able to keep up with the demand, but also not able to produce, uh, probably what they're usually producing because they're having issues getting material. Um, in fact, one of yeah. the, um, uh, one of the Canadian stores, I think it's uh, all-star telescope in Alberta. Um, I was on their webpage, uh, just recently, and I think he still has the banner up. I'm just loading the webpage right now. Yeah. Uh, showroom closed until further noticed, uh, due to scarcity, uh, scarcity, scarcity, <laughs> can't talk today, uh, of telescope and lack of display equipment. So, you know, he's basically shut the store wow. down because he can't get any gear, um, which is nuts. So, um, yeah. it's too bad, uh, yeah, because there is like, such a demand. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, even I, like I ordered some what I consider to be pretty basic stuff back again, uh, early May, I think before the long weekend. And uh, I just ordered a lithium battery pack and a Teleview three times Barlow, which one would think these these should be, um, you know, high volume, 
products that that are sort of perpetually in, in production. I think probably a three times Barlow by Teleview would be one of their biggest sellers because it's not that expensive and quality's high and blah blah blah. Um, and neither of them. I, I think the batteries might be available, but uh, I think Stefan wants to ship them together or something and can't can't seem to get the Barlow out of Teleview. So um, yeah, and and like that's you know, pretty, uh, pretty common, you know, talk about Barlow's, I can't think of hardly a more common astronomical item to purchase, right? Yeah. And, and I find that interesting too. I've heard other stories that Teleview eyepieces are, are out of stock, um, you know, across the country or whatever. And that's really odd because even like before COVID, uh, you may run into supply chain issues, you know, in, in, with astronomical gear, but it always seemed like um, you could really count on Teleview to have full stock of anything. Like if you wanted an eyepiece, you yeah. got it. And it wasn't, it wasn't a problem. Yeah. Um, so that really, I think speaks to how, you know, widespread or impacting this, this really is. So it's too bad um, because there's, I think a lot of desire, uh, like there's a lot of new people in the hobby. I think COVID is, uh, you know, um, people were looking for things to do during lockdowns and, you know, a number of people chose astronomy. So it's too bad now that, that yep. some of these folks can't get the gear that they might desire, but you know, uh, this will, uh, this will pass at some point and, and regular stock will resume. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, it is what it is. We'll live with it for now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I was going to buy a five millimeter Nikon on a mass CM, a 30 from Japan, mm-hmm. uh, they're on sale, but, uh, I think I'm buying a water heater instead. So, <laughs> well, that, that sounds a lot less fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd like, like to have some hot water here. So, uh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty good. I think so. Uh, you know, what, what it comes down to is that, uh, that when you come out here to do some observing, I think there'll be, uh, there'll be an astronomical benefit. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, hey, I did have... you download? Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I've, I've been, you know, the, and I have to probably stop this because when I start looking, it usually ends in a purchase at some point. Um, but I'm starting to look in, into the uh, Nikon HW 17 millimeter there, whatever it is, 101 or 102 yeah. degree, 17 millimeter eyepiece yeah. Yeah, that comes with a Barlow. So then it, it changes it to basically a 14 millimeter eyepiece. And uh, I'm really intrigued by it because it sounds like the eye relief is acceptable for most eyeglass wearers uh, to see the entire field of view. And uh, people just rave about how good that eyepiece is. So, you know, if there's a hole in my collection, it's at the, uh, it's at the wide field mark at about 17 millimeters. Um, the widest yeah. eyepiece I have is my Leica zoom now at, at the lowest part of its focal range, which is like 8.9 millimeters. It's about an 80 degree eyepiece, but at the yeah. upper end, which is 17.8 or something like that, it's like 60 degrees, which is, is still a pretty good field of view, but you know, it's not it almost seems like the standard for a wide field view is around 80 degrees or more. And, um, so I've, I've sort of considered, you know, something in that focal uh, length that would give me a little wider field. So this Nikon is appealing. Well, I encourage you to get it. I, I, I bit the bullet and bought that doctor a couple of years back and, uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of in that same category. The, the thing that I find though, is that it is, 
it is an amazing eyepiece and and certainly it's going to stick with me but um i do find it difficult to get the full field of view with uh with that doctor even at 84 degrees but uh but sometimes i find like for me anyway i find there's there's a narrow sweet spot between um too little eye relief and and too much eye relief mm-hmm. and and i've often thought that maybe those those Nikons would uh, would thread that uh, difference. So, you know, I've looked through the Ethos eyepiece by Teleview quite a few times, like the 13 and the 17 in particular, mm-hmm. um, and they're amazing eyepieces, but uh, I can only see about 70 to 75 degrees with my eyepiece or with my eyeglasses on when using that eyepiece. And then uh, if I take them off and stick my eye in, I can get the full field of view, but I, I get a lot of distortion um, without my eyeglasses on, like unless I'm using ridiculously high power. Um, and e- even then I can almost always detect a degradation in the, in the image when, when not using my, my eyeglasses, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. I know some people are pretty lucky. It seems like they can, you know, once they get above or below, I guess, uh, like a one millimeter exit people or so they, they tend not to wear glasses and can get away with it. Um, and I have eyepieces that that definitely give me, you know, pretty high powers in that uh, 0.5 to one millimeter range. But uh, yeah, I, I do notice um, some some distortions uh, from my astigmatism. But you know, uh, it's it's sort of not as not as bad. But at low power, you know, at like uh, you know, if I'm using like a four millimeter exit pupil or larger, um, the distortion is so ridiculous that uh, I think a 17 millimeter eyepiece, if I bought it and it didn't pan out. Um, I'd be pretty disappointed. So anyway, I, I would, I would love to experiment with yours when you, uh, when you jump. <laughs> I know I, I never come to you seeking guidance about whether or not I should make a purchase because I know the answer. It's always, <laughs> yep. Buy it. <laughs> well, look, you know, I, uh, I recently, you know, made a, made a larger purchase and, uh, uh you know, you were you were also looking at making one of these larger purchases too. So, so I think uh, I think we're we're getting tied here. We're getting tied here. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> so anyway, you so were I... you yeah you were telling me about a, a free download of a, a pretty popular uh, like planetarium slash planning software program. Yeah, Magastar, which used to be for sale through Wilman Bell, mm-hmm. um, and a and a well known reputable. Um, for purchase piece of software um, with the shuttering of Wilman Bell, I guess um, about six or eight months ago, um, they were without a, a conduit to actually sell their product and they just released it via Dropbox link and uh, widely available on the internet. I downloaded it immediately. I, I'm going to probably install it on, on a, on a computer. I might actually end up buying a windows computer because I think it was, it was reasonably inexpensive. To software anyway, but not that inexpensive. But uh, it's it's a little bit more for planning, observing though. People should know. Yeah. So if people are just looking for pretty general planetarium software and they're just getting going, I think nothing beats Sky Safari. It's uh, it, it really is what what people are looking for. And there's there's other things like uh, Interstellarium or no, uh, that's that's the other atlas, but Stellarium. That's it. Yes. Um, yeah. And and I think. Uh, you've used that. I've, I've played around with that a little bit, but I think I like Sky Safari better. Um, and then, uh, but Megastar and Sky Tools and these other ones are more planning um, and more detail oriented. They're not as, they're not as pretty, I think in a, in a way, um, they're more like charting software. So, uh, so anyway, yeah, I, I've downloaded the, uh, 
the executable and uh i'm gonna i think i'm gonna run it up on on one of my windows machines uh just just to see what it's like i've never used it before i've seen it a few times i know people who've who've used it rave about it um but i already had sky tools um but my sky tools is is grossly out of date now because it's a dozen years old but uh yeah so I'm, I'm willing to give give that a try and maybe what they'll do i don't know like maybe they'll just you know they're putting it out for free which i think is super <laughs> cool um and then probably what they'll do is eventually you know create a payment system and uh and then you'll have to pay for your updates and that sort of thing but that's cool like like i'm i'm fine with that that's how i kind of get into sky safari I, I think i downloaded one for free one time and then I wanted the teacher edition for teaching my astronomy classes because there's some functionality in there that's sort of specific to teaching uh, astronomy courses, which is super handy. So yeah, I paid like the $20 every five or six years for the license and it uh, works out beautifully. I, I'd be willing to do the same for another um, product for my own uh, observational planning. Yeah. So, so Megastar, um, when it was for sale was 130 us dollars. Um, so certainly okay. not insignificant. Um, and it looks like they moved it off the Dropbox because of excessive activity. So, um, the download is now <laughs> at, uh, it, so the, the web address is lady and tramp.com forward slash mega star. Oh. So I'm there now. Yeah. 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 That, uh, I forget the, it might be Ray Cash's website or somebody like that. Anyway, I think out of California or somewhere, um, well-known, uh, amateur astronomer, I think who, who has that, uh, who has that URL. So although it seems like a strange URL, um, that's one that's, uh, that's familiar to me as, as a reputable source for, um, amateur astronomical, uh, information. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Although I'm trying to download it from here and I'm getting failed network errors. So I'm not sure maybe it's, uh, still getting hammered and, and maybe they can't, uh, or maybe they've exceeded some sort of download limit, but anyway, it's worth checking out if, uh, if you have a windows machine. So I think it's windows only and, uh, yeah, yeah like it's, it's been used for years and lots of astronomers rave about it. I've never personally used it, but, um, I've heard it's a, a really uh, strong piece of software. Yeah. Yeah. And you're probably right. And that's why when it, when it came out on, uh, uh, like I belong to, to one of these lists, it's, 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 it's a public list, but it's only sort of quasi public. Um, I think it's like, it's almost like how some things used to be where you, you need to, you needed to locate it and then sort of get an invite by one of the other members on the list. And I know somebody, so I'm, I'm on a list with a lot of other astronomy writers and that sort of thing. Um, I won't, I won't get into it. Cause I think, I think if people join, they would be a little bit disappointed because there's not much activity on there. You get like maybe two or three things a month, if that. Um, and it's also, uh, very technical and it, and I'm really like on the very low, uh, end of, of that list. Um, I put out a few questions before and then you know, people were kind of like, uh, this is kind of a stupid question, like literally. So it's not like, it's not really a beginner oriented forum. Um, but anyway, that, that's how I, I came into, into contact with that through, through that distribution list. So anyway, pretty, pretty neat stuff. Yeah. I was going to mention, so I came out here and I'm, I'm writing the, uh, the feature for the observer's handbook for, uh, 2022. And, uh, like you were saying, it's been pretty smoky. So I've, I've got a telescope out here, um, and then I, I didn't bother bringing, I, f I forget why, but I didn't, I brought my uh, new red and amber flashlight. There goes the truck again. And uh, 
and and I end up taking it home. And I meant to bring another red light out here, but I forgot. And my observing spot here, it's uh, it's on a hill uh, that's covered in cactus. And so if I if I walk up the hill uh, in the dark, I kind of got to watch out. There's a couple spots. There's a couple holes and a couple cactus that I don't want to uh, to walk on in the dark. So um, I thought I would just sort of stick around. But, uh, you know, it's sort of one of those things, you know, it's like, why didn't I just leave a red flashlight out here? It's kind of stupid. <laughs> oh, well, it'll it'll probably take you a little bit of time to get situated out there with everything you need. So you're not having to drag things back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, exactly. Yeah. And just trying to figure out exactly, uh, you know, some, some of the stuff and how I'm going to, how I'm going to set up out here. So yeah, but uh, yeah, it should be, should be good in the long term. It's a bit of an experiment and uh, you know, we've had so much in the way of smoky skies anyway, but yeah, I got it. I got the article pretty much ready to, to go for the, for the 2022 handbook. I'm uh, going to do off the UCAS, which is uh, a, a little bit of uh, a little bit of a play because we have, uh, of course, off UCAS as the as a symbol for medicine. Um, and then this this sort of in my mind anyway is is a little bit of the year of medicine, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. So I thought I thought we would go go in that direction. Last year we did Scorpius too, and there's a little bit of. I, I always think there's so much there's so much interplay between Scorpius and Ophiuchus when you're looking at at the sky like we have right now um, that it's it's really difficult to to observe one or the other especially where where we are in Canada where Scorpius doesn't uh, totally clear the horizon um, and then because both of those constellations have so many globular clusters I, I feel like you know I think I think the majority of the Messier globular clusters are in Scorpius and, and Ophiuchus. I think, uh, I think they would have the vast majority of them between those two constellations throw in Sagittarius and, and, uh, and, and Pegasus. And I think, I think you've got just about all of them except for like M13, 92 and M79, a few others, but, uh, you know, you, you know, you get a lot of bang for your buck by looking at those two constellations. So, so yeah, pretty, pretty good. I couldn't see M4 last night tried for it, but, uh, with that moon being so bright and with the, uh, with the sky a little bit muted from the smoke, yeah, it was uh, unfortunate, but, uh, I'll tell you though, it was nice looking at the moon. I spent a long time looking at it because, uh, with that, with that smoke in the air, um, you could, you could look at it for a long time without getting kind of, you know, burned retinas almost, you know, usually it's so bright, right. Mm-hmm. It just, it was almost like a perfect, uh, perfect filter for it. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Good yeah. That- anyway. That, that's a great point. You know, sometimes when the transparency isn't great, that's an awesome opportunity to look at the moon and even sometimes Jupiter, um, you know, both can overwhelm you at the eyepiece with the brightness and having a little bit of cloud in the sky, um, like high level kind of transparent cloud, or in our case, smoke actually can be a bit of a benefit on those objects because yeah, it, it just makes it more comfortable at the eyepiece. And, uh, you know, you don't have to use a bunch of neutral density filters or, or things like that to, to turn down the, the brightness. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I kind of had wanted to set up a look at the planets, but, uh, but Saturn and Jupiter, I mean, they were, they were still pretty low. I went to bed at like uh, 11 or 1130 or something like that, just as it was really getting dark and uh, you know, they were still just, just rising. So kind of thinking like uh, next week, even if it's not, uh, even if the smoke hangs around, I'll probably um, bring a bigger telescope out here to, to look at them. So anyway, should, should be good. But uh, 
Yeah, well, we're uh, we're trying to keep these ones a little bit shorter because I'm on my data, and uh, this is a little bit of an experiment to see if we can actually record like this. So uh, I didn't know if you had anything else to to add here, Shane, before we wrap it up. No, no, that's everything, Chris. I think uh, I think this is the right duration, and like you say, we'll try to keep these summer ones probably a little bit shorter because uh, we have some other things going on that um, are demanding our time. So let's wrap yep. it. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Thank you. And thanks everybody for listening. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you everyone for listening and we hope you enjoyed the show. If you are interested in more information, would like to contact us, or if you would like to support the podcast, check out our website, actualastronomy.com. <laughs>